Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. We at the Business Creators Radio have a lot of fun. We love the feedback we get from our listeners, and we know that we're hitting the mark when people tell us that tuning into Business Creators Radio is like sitting in on a private mastermind session. We cover a lot of ground. We give you a lot of great aha moments. And at the same time, we're serious without being formal. That's a way the show has been described to be so many times. And I can tell you that the reason I'm sharing some of these things is we have somebody who's going to be with us today who I believe you are going to find very relatable as well. I was just chatting with him in the green room. And he is one of the most down-to-earth people I've run into in a long time. He's going to help us with something that I think is important to all of us. I have a couple of stories of my own of why I'm particularly interested in having him here. We'll get to those as we go along. First of all, let me tell you who he is. His name is John Vong, and he is the founder of a company with the website localseosearch.ca, so Local SEO Search. He's the owner and founder of that, which is a boutique agency from Toronto, Canada. He helps small and medium-sized businesses rank on Google and dominate their local market. As somebody who has himself coined the phrase, bing the Yahoo out of the Googles, I'm already feeling the resonance. John Vong, come on in. The weather's fine. Thank you for the intro, kind intro, by the way, Adam. I'm excited to be on your show today. Here's the thing. Uh, you are, you ha- do something that is so understated, but yet so powerful. The story I love to tell is November 8th, 2013, which is the day that I officially arrived in Las Vegas, got the keys to that, that condo that I rented the first year, which was great, except I hated it. And, uh, Got all my stuff moved in. Uh, like I went to a furniture store, ordered the furniture to be delivered. All the stuff I shipped ahead, I had brought up to my place. I went uh, to the grocery store, spent $600 because I was at least going to pretend for a month that I wasn't uh, a bachelor and uh, pretend I had more than a bottle of ketchup and a box of baking soda. Uh, <laughs> so I did that. And uh, then it's about eight o'clock. I'm sitting on my folding chair, which is the only thing I have to sit on. And I decide I need a cigar. So what did I do? I went to the yellow pages. No, I didn't. Pulled out my smartphone because I didn't have my internet hooked up yet. Found, pulled out my mobile web browser and I typed cigar shop 89128. Let's go. So cigar shop, the zip code where I was located. And then I added the word let's go because I was saying let's go. And that's how I found it. Point being is we, we search globally to find locally. It didn't occur to me to go to the yellow pages. It didn't occur to me to call my realtor or my buddy who I knew lived in Las Vegas and ask them. I went and did a global search to find something that turned out to be literally down the street and around the corner from where I was, where I was currently standing. We also find that if we're trying to find our way around a parking lot, sometimes we pull up Google Maps or one of its uh, Bing or Yahoo equivalents and give it walking directions, which we follow. Again, search globally to find locally. Before we get into how John is going to help us develop these, and I promise you're going to be mostly hearing his voice in just a minute. Uh, what we like to do with our guests is we read off their official bios and then we get a little bit into their story. So John, tell us a bit about what's brought you to where you are today serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion? Yeah, like, I, I want to at least share with you that that's exactly how 90% of customers, users, Googlers navigate, find information, and shop today. 
So you're not like, you know, someone that doesn't do what 90% of the people are doing. That's how it's the system operates, right? We are behaviors of what is created, right? And Google has made it so easy for people that can find things at the fingertips real time. And that's why I love this Google world. It's ever changing. But before I get into like some strategies and some tips and ways to really advance your business, I want to just share with you like, yes, I started this agency eight years ago, back in 2013, very Uh similar time as when you went to Vegas. Yep. Um, Prior to that, I worked in advertising sales for 10 years. I worked in traditional advertising sales, then online affiliate uh, performance base. Then I actually worked in directory advertising sales at the exact same company you mentioned a couple of times, the Yellow Pages Group. Yes. I worked there for five years. And that's where I actually enjoy the people I was servicing, the real small, medium-sized business owners. I was frontline sales, really uncovering what it meant to be a a true business owner. And I met with probably over 5,000 business owners at that time. And what really stuck with me was how personal they were, what really mattered in their life, what brought them to where they were to want to not just advertise, but want to get the most out of every single interaction. What did business stand for? And what I found was it, it revolved around family. It revolved around community. It revolved around adding value, understanding the product and service so well in competitive landscape that people kept coming back to them because they had this solid foundation of how to run a, a solid business. And these people stuck with me to a point where I was frustrated selling Yellow Pages because I knew a lot of people, even myself, was not using the, the product anymore. And user's behavior was shifting. Google was happening. Internet speed was advancing. Smartphones were you know, going to 4G to 5G, right? Like things were happening at such a fast pace that I wanted to be sure to support these small business owners. Yeah. And myself included, I was Googling and I was selling a, a product that was now dated. So that's uh-huh. why I shifted and I didn't want to continue working there. So I was at a different stage of my life as well. So I was at crossroads. I recently got married. I recently just bought a place and I either was going to continue working there in sales, work for another company like Google or Facebook or any of the larger players, or I try something. And that's where I just wanted to give it a go, uh, where I knew there was a market. I knew there was a need in the marketplace, but I didn't know anything about SEO. I just knew that I was consuming it and that's how I searched. And customers were frustrated spending more than ever in Yellow Pages, but not getting solid return on investment. So I went out and what I did best was sell. I went out there, sold, got clients, I got revenue. And I knew I had a business when people were wanting to pay for a service. I had no idea how to do it yet. So then I had to figure out how to actually do the SEO. So that's been, you know, the last eight years of not just becoming someone that knows how to do an SEO campaign and optimize and get really good ROI for all clients, but form a team to support me with systems, processes, and really understanding what value really meant in terms of the business standpoint and what makes us different in terms of how do we differentiate from our competitors. And it is an ever-changing industry, so it keeps me on my toes. So it's always that growth mindset that I always have to continue staying abreast of what's going on on Google standpoint, but also the trending and industry as well as during this pandemic. Like, industries that were impacted the most, I had to pivot. I need to support them to stay at least visible online, even though there's no business to be had. Um, so I, I, I'm in the mindset of really trying to give and add value in the mindset of these business owners. So I get what's going on in their life and how I can help them um, dominate their niche, really. That is fantastic. Now you bring up a a lot of points in your story there. So I love 
your Socratic method of storytelling. So you're telling a fun story about John Vong. At the same time, we should have our pad and two pens out taking down notes because you're dropping aha moments all over us. This is part of the reason why our show is audio-based. Uh, the other reason, of course, being is I like to do these interviews while sitting out on my balcony, and I don't think you guys want to see that. <laughs> but the other, but the thing is, I don't want to sit, sit here for an hour holding my media pose, you know, with my shoulders square, sitting on the coattails of my jacket, looking directly into the camera. I want to kick back, have some fun, and have my notepad out so I can write things down. I had an aha moment here. Makes me think of how you use branding to differentiate yourself from the market. And the story I love to tell is I've been on stages all around the country. I've been on a lot of virtual stages too. In many of my presentations, whether we're speaking about online marketing, whether we're speaking about product launches, or you know, these days, all my speeches are about podcast launching. One way or another, I get to telling people that there's something they may have in their business. And if they have it, they don't, they shouldn't want it and they, and they definitely don't need it and they ought to get rid of it. And that thing is traffic to their website. If you have to, if you have traffic to your website, get rid of it. It's bad for you. You don't want it. No. Now pause. People look at me like I have three heads and I just said the earth is flat. You're probably one of them based on the work that you do. Here's the shift, John. I tell I ask people, what is traffic and what is a website? Traffic is the reason I work from a home office. And what is a website? Is it a sales letter, a podcast, a blog, uh, an about page, a home page, a contact page, a privacy policy page, an opt-in page, webinar page, blah, blah, blah. All those things can be a website and a website can contain all of those things. I tell people what they need instead is to attract visitors to their web pages who fulfill the three Ps of website conversions, which means pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped. Now, does that sound like something you do, John? Website visitors to your web pages who are pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped? Absolutely. So all I've done is I've taken something and renamed it. Yes. Yeah, that's, and to me, and I want to get your thoughts on this before you tell us about the pandemic stuff, because I know you have some information to share about that, is to me, where some of this stuff comes in. Because if you can get recognized for some catchphrase or recognized for some word that you made up or some brand that you generated, that can help you rise head and shoulders above 20 other people who do what you do. Candidly, John, I've interviewed 15 people who do stuff that's somewhat similar to what you do here on Business Creators Radio Show. I like to bring in a variety of voices once or twice a year, uh, especially when they have a different hook. And you came to me with a different hook on this, which is why I was so interested in speaking with you. But have you seen that phenomenon where folks will simply just rename what everybody else is doing to stand out from the market? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a brand uh, market play. However, you also have to realize what are people wanting to search for or find you find information about. And these phrases have to be either a broad term or have some sort of search traffic and intent. And if people aren't aware of that term, how do you make it mainstream? So what we look at in terms of the search engine optimization is really what are the users, your prospects, actively seeking out for conversions. And if you're a product or service or a small business owner or a large business owner, there's thousands of phrases and variations that people are searching and seeking out for your products and services. How do you stand out? And most importantly, not just how do you stand out, but which ones actually convert to an actual revenue kind of profit business, right? Like a sale. Because that's ultimately what you want, right? You build an asset piece and it could be landing pages, it could be video podcasts or YouTube videos or, you know, websites. But what are people typing in or seeking out in terms of the product service? And how does that fit their journey of behavior during that purchase uh, decision to then have intent, purpose to actually make that next step? And if you fit and make as many check marks as possible and you hit all their criteria. So let it be good content, you know, speaking directly to them, 
understanding what the pain points are challenging with all the the you know faqs and problems are all solved with all the answers and they like the reviews they like all the third-party sites that you're on they check you out on all the social pages all this plays into the mindset of making sure that you're harvesting a really good relationship so that when they're ready to make that next decision they already know so much about you that all they care about is price and when can you start and that website should be the pillar of your entire asset piece of this digital presence and that's what we really harvest with our agency because the website should be trying to generate you ready to buy your ideal type of avatar customer intent focus right hyper focus so that when they do reach out click on your website they're gonna want to do business with you and if we could attract more of that which business owner wouldn't want that and then your position as a leader in your industry that's the ultimate pivotal point of a business when they can rank online for all the terms in all the queries that people, the, the customers or prospects are seeking out, but then your position as a leader. And that's where optimization of websites and what we do in particular really benefits these SMBs and brands that really need um, some exposure digitally. Right. You know, you mentioned something in there, going on review sites and things like that. And this reminds me of something I cover in my book, uh, Groundhog Days, an event, not a business strategy called the sleeper effect. Have you heard of that before? Uh, No, I haven't. All right. So the sleeper effect is as follows. If you toot your own horn, for example, who's going to believe you? Because what are you going to do? You say you suck. So the example I give is, let's say a government spokesperson says that the economy is growing. Now, already many folks may say it's a government spokesperson. They're reading what so-and-so and and such and such committee told them to read off. I mean, uh, we've only had a few exceptions where a press secretary or a president actually spoke their own mind uh, free form, Uh, probably a prepackaged message. So they're saying, oh yeah, of course they're going to say it's indicators. What what are they going to do? Admit they failed. I'm just voicing what's going in people's minds when they hear stuff like that sometimes. Now, however, if they see on uh, sites like CNBC or, or whatever financial news source that they like that show all kinds of graphs with green lines going upward, if all of a sudden the tone of the webinars, podcasts, interviews, and live streams are being offered seems to change from how to survive the recession to how to ride the wave. And then next thing you know, Robert Kiyosaki is for once not talking about gloom and doom. Do you now believe that the economy is growing? Yeah. It's the, it's the idea that it, it's the idea that an idea, that's funny, the idea that an idea, it's the concept that an idea gains more validity when folks who are not directly connected to it begin repeating it. This is actually why testimonials are important. This is why review sites are important. Yes, because anyone can toot their own horn on their own website. But when a contributor on any other third-party site or any mainstream media site adds you as an expert opinion columnist or a a contributor or someone mentions you, then you you generate a lot more... I, I guess this is also PR, right? Like a lot of people really look at PR as public relations, amplifying your message, getting out there in the the tone of the masses, right? But it also plays in the mindset of the users because users don't know who to go to, turn to, trust. And the more they see that brand, they, they recognize, they see that you're ranked, they see that you're mentioned in all the, all the asset pieces on social, on different media channels, content, video, audio, really helping them solidify their decision that it's the right choice. And people are stuck with just search, right? Or, or digital marketing. I know that people are really stuck on social media. Like they yeah. love Facebook, they love Instagram, Twitter or whatnot. But you have to have a, a multi-channel approach in terms of multimedia effect. And I look at SEO as 
it's still the most solid foundation. People are still going to resonate with you on that website, but all these other factors play in to why a website ranks. And that's the whole premise of say link building or PR amplification or getting on podcasts and video interviews or getting on TV, right? It's all to really amplify your presence so that when people are ready, they're going to vet you. They're going to check you out. And you need to at least be visible for them, either by a brand search, a keyword search, any service product that they may be seeking out. And that's the whole validity of optimizing your website for authority to position you, you and your business as an expert in the industry. Yeah. Uh, can you define authority a little bit more? Authority is one of those words we see thrown about a lot, just like the word influencer is one you see that, uh, and oh, and another one is masterclass is one, you know, those three words, authority, influencer, and masterclass, they seem to be thrown around to the point where they apply to literally anything and they've gotten so bastardized, you're not even sure if you believe it sometimes. So if you could give us the John Vogt definition of authority so that we're on the same page with you. So I, I kind of interchange it with expertise as well, because expertise is someone that's been doing the same given role for 10 years plus with, I think it's 20,000 hours put in, like a, a dentist, a plumber, someone that's been doing their trade for so long that they know it inside out and they can charge for what, what they can demand and people are willing to pay for it they're becoming an expert in their industry. An authoritative figure is someone that has spent years, very similar to expertise, but they're now someone that's branded and not just for yourself as an authoritative figure, but other people recognize them as someone that they respect. And I mean, in the, in the digital world, in terms of authority, there's a lot of factors, right? Domain authority, page authority, yeah. a lot of other factors to build your authority. But ultimately what it is, is online, it's what other people are saying and mentioning and pointing your backlinks to you to generate authority. So the more people are talking about you, saying, linking back to your website, good, positive, or negative reviews, putting on all these media channels and different asset pieces, that's what brings you up as an authority within that topical relevant niche or industry or localized search result. And yeah. More, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I thought you were done. Keep going. Yeah. The more you try to amplify that to get out there in the world the more authoritative you become. And this is the whole premise of what we do, right? We help websites become more authoritative when we amplify their message and position them as thought leaders, as experts in the industry, because most business owners spend all their lives either becoming an expert and running a business, but not a lot of people know about them online. So then how do you amplify that expertise as a business owner digitally? And that's where we're kind of the, the hidden gems in the digital world to help them become in position online to, to that expert status. I think that's great. And this, this goes back to something that I said at the very beginning. This is one of the reasons I love the Business Creators Radio Show and our unique format so much is rather than us me asking you a series of questions and you giving a series of answers, we bounce ideas off of each other. We end up creating things that neither one of us may have originally anticipated. Let me give you an, an example of something I didn't originally anticipate is a revelation that occurred to me. Are you ready for how you caused a revelation to happen for me? Yes, definitely. I've been doing this for over 15 years and just now I had the revelation. This is how powerful you are. All right. At the beginning of our conversation, I told that story about how I've gotten up on stages and I do virtual presentations. And I say, and by the way, I also include this in my podcast reach system video curriculum, that the last thing that you need or want in your business is traffic to your website. In fact, if you have it, get rid of it. Now, when you heard, first heard me say that, did you think I was crazy? Uh, not really. I mean, you must have a reason for that, right? Aha, uh aha. -huh, uh -huh. 
So seeing is part of the nature of what you do in your business is help people gain and optimize, quote unquote, traffic to their website. It made you curious, A, why I would say something like that. And B, if that's how I really felt, why would I interview you? Correct. So it got you. So, I, and again, I'm speculating here. So correct me in front of my listeners if I'm incorrect here. Uh, so it got so it got you curious, and it got you leaning in and tuning in just a little bit more to find out where I was going with this, to see what the point was I was going to make, the punchline I was going to deliver, whatever it was going to be. Is that is that more or less a fair assessment of what was going on? Yes, that's correct. That's why I do it. That's actually why I do it. And I've acknowledged this before. Uh, when we interviewed Lindsay Anderson on this show, I think two years ago, she's the person who uh, at one point when I was speaking at Jim Palmer's Dream Business Academy, uh, physically strangled me in public because I said that uh, you should not have traffic to your website when uh, one of her brands is literally called Traffic and Leads. So uh, it's, it's funny. It's a hilarious photo of her, me, mock strangling me. I use it in a promotion for my book. I even mention it in my book. So it's a joke between me and her. Anyway, um, when people like her and people like you hear me say stuff like that, it makes me different than everybody else who's talking about traffic to your website. So the authority edge that I generate by doing that is... It shows that I understand the power of language and have the ability to use the power of language to create narratives, which is a skill that's necessary for copywriting, digital marketing, social marketing, and anything having to do with influence and persuasion. It also indicates that I take something of a contrarian approach uh, that shows that I will challenge assumptions, which indicates that I could be an innovator. And third, candidly, it uh, lets people know I'm a smart ass. So you either like that or you don't. Saves me time. So, yeah. and, and what I mean by saves me time is it helps me find my people faster. Yeah, there's, there's definitely uh, pros and cons to everything. And yeah. the narrative, the way you pitch it, the way you structure it, and the, the, the delivery, right? Um, but ultimately, it it generates people's opinion on you right away. And, and there's a, the buzz factor, right? It's like, okay, now let me hear you all because everywhere in the world, they always talk about traffic, right? They always talk about leads. So for you to say something like that, which is completely contrarian, it's more like, okay, what's your reasoning behind it? Yeah. So it's very similar to like a lot of the search results that people are typing in, um, you know, in any product or service, there's always going to be the list of the best, but there's that one listing of why there's the worst, right? Yeah. And there's someone's like buyer beware or something. Well, people want positive and negative feedback. And right now, even on review sites, I myself, I search by negative reviews first. Okay, just, just going. Because, just because I know that everyone's always looking for the best and they're going to read, you know, positive reviews. I want to know what, why those negative reviews happen and what did that business do to counter the reviews? Like, did they comment? Did they Keep going. What? Keep going. I'm, I'm raising the roof. This is exactly how users and behaviors change, right? Because people also understand they're smart enough to tell if it's a fake review or, or a real review and third-party reviews can be vetted, right? But it's also based on the system. It's also based on, you know, the people behind it or AI and it's never as accurate as everyone thinks it is. So me and maybe majority of the people today, they don't believe what they see online. So they're going to yeah. vet, they're going to check you out. They're going to really do their due diligence and dig in all, all these multi-channel facets. And that's why it's so important to have consistency across all mediums and channels so that people can see the real you. Because if you have different messaging across all platforms, there's too much unknowns about what you're about, what you do and how you position and uh, 
you know, display that message, right? Yes. Wow. Uh, the reason I said I was raising the roof here is I'm going to, I'm going to repeat a quote from that movie training day. Sometimes you got to have a little dirt on you for anybody to trust you. Yeah. Think about it. It makes sense. Everybody knows we all have a bit of scarlet. Uh, you know, John, you've been in business for a long time as you shared with us. You don't have to give details, but have you ever screwed something up with a customer? Oh yeah. Oh, I, mean, I have. I have. I wrote, I, I wrote about I wrote about how I colossally screwed something up with a customer in one of my books. And this is somebody who uh, tended to show up a lot when I gave presentations and uh, I pointed out in front of everybody. It's like, yeah, I screwed this one up really bad. This goes to my point and you may, and you said something that's almost identical to something that I say. When I look at a business that has reviews, let's say it's a, a one to five star scale. I'm looking for a business whose star rating is about 4.1, 4.2, and they have a lot of reviews. Here's the combination. A lot of reviews means that they take their reputation seriously because to get a lot of reviews, candidly, as you know, there does come a point where you just have to roll up your sleeves and go get them. Uh, that's, there, there's that. And I also, if it's 4.1 or 4.2, that means there's probably a, a couple of ones and twos in there. I want to see that that business screwed up because I know they're not perfect. I want to see what kind of screw ups they're capable of first. Second, I want to see that they acknowledged it rather than tried to make it go away. And then I want to see how they handled it. Because what happens if I decide to do business with that entity and I become one of those statistics where it's my account is the one that gets screwed up? I want to know I'm in good hands. Totally agree. And that's how savvy business owners operate. <laughs> savvy users are now playing by those rules as well. Because yeah. we know every business owner is not perfect. Every business is not perfect. Even the largest businesses out there in the world, the Amazons in the world, the Microsofts, they're not perfect. So Yeah, Internet Explorer 6, you don't have to tell me about Microsoft's imperfections. <laughs> You've been around just long enough to know what I mean by that, too. Yeah, and, and it's okay to acknowledge it. It's okay to own up. And people really understand, you know, uh, if they're serious or not, they'll get it. They want to do work with someone that's honest, transparent, authentic, own up to things and try to make things better, right? Yep. And that's the whole point of customer service, uh, understanding like how to take care of your people and learning, right? And over the course of eight years, I've made tons of mistakes, not just on yeah. staffing and clients and process and billing. It's it's the matter of running a business, right? You learn, yeah. you grow, you are going to continue making mistakes over the years. And as long as you have that whole mentality of trying to stay strong and decisive and move forward and try to improve, then at least you're challenging yourself. You're not stagnant, which is probably yeah. the worst thing you can do in a business environment, right? Yeah. So that, that's what we're about here. It's like trying to just get better. And I know there's great SEO agencies across the world. And I know there's, you know, poor, really bad ones out there too. I yeah. always tell clients, like, do your vetting. Go out there, ask questions. Go out there, do your research on what is required and needed. And are they promising the world, guaranteeing you as a pure sales pitch? Or are they genuine, authentic, trying to be real with you? Because people would rather work with someone that's honest than someone that's trying to sell them or a price, right? Like people don't really care about the lowball offers. They care about, can you get the work done at a reasonable time with the real reasonable price, right? Yes. So um, here's, here's another point I wanted to make that goes with all that. And I'm going to go back to my own story just ever so briefly, because I think it'll cap this up because I really have curiosity about, you mentioned how the pandemic has affected internet search. Uh, I, I, I mentioned that there was a client I screwed up with so bad that I actually ended up writing about it in my book. I mean, this was, it's my show, so I can say this. I fucked up royally. In fact, I believe in, the in, the, in that section of the book, that's actually part of the subject, how I totally royally effed up with a, a client. 
Now, uh, and I also mentioned that there have been several times that person's been in the audience when I told the story again, and I would say, I'll say, uh, let's call, let's call her Julie, even though that's not her name. I'd say, Julie, yeah, you were pretty much ready to strangle me at one point, weren't you? And she nodded like, yeah, I was. So the final time that I told the story, she actually physically stood up in the middle of my speech and took over a minute endorsing my business and encouraging everybody to work with me. And this is a case where I'd blown it. Well, the secret, the secret is, is how I fixed it. And once we fixed it, she got results from our work that were far beyond even what we believed we were able to do. But it's the fact that we were able to show her and show others that we stand by our commitments and we recognize that sometimes we got to roll with things and we're capable and equipped to do it. Yeah, acknowledging the problem, going deeper to resolve it and own up to it, right? And this is a lot of gut for a lot of young entrepreneurs, right? They want to do everything for, you know, as as perfect, perfect as possible, but things happen, not just in life, but in business. But a lot of people don't acknowledge it and they don't own up to the fact, right? And the sooner you realize that life happens, business happens, relationships go through a lot of ups and downs. And if you're able to endure any downward, you know, any bad objections and problems and overcome it with really good success stories, they're going to be the strongest advocates for any of your products and services and endorsers. And yeah, you know, I I have references like that because I have clients that have been with me since day one, even though I didn't know anything about SEO. And I let them know at the beginning, that's, you know, I was early. I I didn't know, but now I know. And they still stuck with me because they, they see my growth. They see what was potentially out there for them to continue with me. Right. Yeah. Let me tell you, let me tell you this. Um, When we launched our podcast reach VIP program, our first two clients, uh, I, I told them candidly that they were part of a pilot program. I, I was very open with that. I said, we're, you are actually on the airplane with me while we're building this. Uh, I have years of experience. I've showed you all these other podcasts we've launched or been involved in the launch of. I know what I'm doing here. But as far as this particular way of doing it, you're in the pilot program. Now, one of them said to me, oh, you better believe I'm going to give you feedback. When, <laughs> and he's one of those guys that will you know, really bust your case. Uh, and uh, he did actually end up giving me a lot of feedback. And because I was willing to participate in that and recognize the gift that I was being given, Podcast Reach VIP became a much better program as a result of that. It was already great, but just my willingness and my eagerness to accept taking the journey to discover the customer where they are benefited me. Yes. Um, like, like it's, be- it's because of him that Podcast Reach has a guidebook rather than worksheets. Because he was the one that pointed out it'd be easier to keep it in one place. And it, it, it takes time for you to harvest your, your go-to message as well as a business, right? And yeah. um, your, your refined service offering, your niche, your avatar, your ideal customer, all that stuff. Um, and it doesn't happen overnight. And with constant feedback <laughs> with, your partners, with your staff, with you, your intentions, then you can make anything possible. Yeah. All right. Uh, I keep teasing this, and I, I think you might have mentioned a little bit about it earlier on. I'm not sure, but there's something that you wanted us to share in our conversation today that has had me intrigued ever since you first showed up on the radar screen for Business Creators Radio Show. Uh, tell us how SEO, and again, I think you mentioned a little bit about this earlier, but let's develop it because this is really good. How has SEO evolved since the bug came along? <laughs> So as you know, more people than ever are in front of a device, right? Smartphone, yes. um, you know, any, anything to do with search, social, digital. And people are consuming as much information as possible and they're querying, searching data. They're, yes, they might not be 
shopping locally, but now I think the majority of the country is open. I'm here in Canada. We're still in lockdown, but uh-huh. things are actually opening up. People still want to do research. They're spending more time doing due diligence before they make a purchase. So they're still ready to buy. They're just not ready to buy now. So what you have to understand as a business owner is how do you position yourself because people are still out there seeking out your product and service. Yes, there's no revenue and sales and profit immediately, but you have to be ready for when there's going to be this huge spike of people ready to buy, right? It's so, coming. It's coming. And then all the indicators tell me it's coming. And then it all boils down to what are the terms people are speaking up and what are the questions that you're answering that will make it easier for them to want to use you. So that website piece of your, you know, your website, right? A lot of landing pages, all your service pages, blogs, anything to do with like questions, FAQ pages, blog content, topical relevance, pillar content, anything that really answers questions and problems people have. Spend more time developing content that resonates with your ideal customer so that it makes them more comfortable when they're ready to buy with queries. And the more you support that cause, making it easy for them to want to do business with you, not just answering, but with depth, support, and acknowledge their pain points. Yeah. It's going to allow you to position and pivot in front of the crowd. Because everyone's going after broad terms, but not doing a lot of that digging and answering and questions and probing of every single question that revolves around that product and service that you want to be known for in your industry. So- I can t- yeah, I can tell you something right now. Um, think about uh, during the worst of the bug when people could not go clothes shopping, but they needed clothes. I mean, not every not everybody just wore their pajamas and bathrobe the whole time. Uh, now, a lot of people, myself included, I don't want to order clothes over the internet. I want to tr- I want to walk into a store and try them on because I have a really weird body shape, and uh, it either it either fits me or it doesn't, regardless of what size it says it is. I mean, I have shirts I wear in my because I have one of those capsule wardrobes. I have uh, a sh- you know four shirts within that capsule. All four of them are different sizes. My size doesn't change every day. But the manufacturer's standards are not uniform. So then you put content pieces together to really answer those questions that you have. And if that's your type of product and service that you want to get out there, like you need to really listen and find questions that you can answer, right? Not just online. Like I, I get it. There's Quora, Reddit, all these social media pages. That's only one person, right? If you can own the search result with answering every single question that people have, people are going to really stick to your website because you've done such a good job to really match and mend to those people seeking out those questions and problems. Right. And that's where you own your search results page and optimize your website for user intent purposes. And the more you do that, the more you own real estate on Google organically without paid, you're going to get way more, not just traffic, but convertible traffic, stickiness factor, relationship, and higher ticket return on investment through your investment of content creation or any amplification of your posts. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, I think that I think that's great. And it has to do with the fact that people are tuned in to do that due diligence. I think that the pandemic accelerated that because we weren't able to hold things in our hands. So we had to have more trust. I mean, I had to, I, I, my printer broke. I had to buy a new printer. I like to look at printers and decide, you know, I I like to go in the store and actually push the button to have it do a test print just to see what it looks like when it prints a page. I didn't have that option. In fact, I had to argue with them over whether or not I'd actually place the order when I showed up at the curbside to pick it up. Because somehow they didn't have a record that I had placed the order, even though I could see right inside the door, the printer was sitting there with a big piece of paper with my name written on it. (laughs) So, yeah, there was a lot of chaos going on. Uh, But all the same, you can see where I was with that. It would be the same with buying headphones. 
headphones sound how they sound and they and different headphones resonate differently with different ears. I don't want to buy headphones unless I have played music and voice through them and I can see how it sounds. This is why I use the same brand of Logitech headset. And every time one breaks, I just buy two more because I know how it sounds. I don't have to, I don't have to sample it. But if I were going to decide, say, between a, a, set, a, a, new, a new set of Bose or a new set of Beats by Dre or a new set of uh, Audio-Technica, uh, you're damn right I'm going to the guitar, the guitar center and plugging them in before I buy them. And, and it all depends on your ideal user, right? So yeah. That, oh, that, oh, that's another great point. Go ahead with that. I, you're, you went exactly where I was hoping you would, please. The user intent, the ideal avatar of yours, you have to understand that journey and multi-touch point facet of what are they consuming online, taking them to a page, maybe even a YouTube video of a demo, a review site that shows pros and cons, best tips or whatever, and ratings. And then because most business owners don't understand that it's not just your website, users touch 14 asset pieces before they make a decision today. 14 asset pieces. This is a combination of product of listing, product reviews, um, stuff that comes up on internet searches. Is that what you mean by touch yes. points? Yeah. Yes, touch points. And they could be social pages, could be third party review sites, it could be YouTube videos, it could be anything to make them comfortable enough to make that decision to not just call you or fill that form out or make that purchase online because they want to ensure that they're doing due diligence. And now everything's real time, access to on the fingertips. And it could be, you know, the Uber Eats, right? It's like one click shop, Amazon, one click shop, right? But users, if it's a bigger ticket item, they're going to spend a little bit more time. Like yourself, you like touching, feeling, going into the store right? So you're going to make sure that Google My Business allows for curbside pickup. It has some images, had good reputation videos. Uh, you know, it has good substance there because that's a touch point that people are going to look at as well as your website, as well as your Facebook page, as well as your Instagram page, as well as their part of review sites. Optimize for the users that you really want to attract. Uh, that's very good. You know, something else just occurred to me too, when it, when we refer to, um, touch points, assets and things along those lines, I'm going to give you an example of something that does not have to do with internet searches. And I just want to see how you, you know, how you, you know, what you re respond to this and how you tie it into whether we're talking about the same thing. Uh, I am very proud to say that, you know, my businesses have a, a select group of clients. So I tend to go for higher ticket things rather than volume. It's the way I like to work. And I'm very proud to say that my clients represent pretty much every political view under the sun. I've got them on the left. I've got them on the right. I've got them in the middle. I've got them way off in wackadoo land. A couple of those clients were people who, before they became clients, were associates of mine, friends of mine, people I chatted with on social media. One in particular, decided he wanted to work with me because he saw how I was able to debate social and political issues with his group of followers on social media and liked the way my brain worked, whether or not he agreed with everything I had to say. So the point I'm making with that is that, is it possible that folks look at seemingly unrelated factors such as, well, when they discuss certain issues, what is their approach? Are they, uh, are they, uh, are they vehement about it? Uh, do they close people off who disagree? Uh, do they have the ability to negotiate? Do they have the ability to properly debate? How do they do their research? Uh, it could also be something like uh, how a person, this, this is another one. Do they like to, you do video or audio conversations. And I actually prefer audio. I do video for one of my other podcasts, which is a very short type of podcast. We might have to have you on that one too, candidly. And, uh, and uh, different reasons for different things. I prefer audio because I like to be comfortable. I don't want people to see how that looks when I'm slumped in my uh, wicker chair. That's just how it is. Plus, I'm also so introverted that I had to create a new category for me on the introvert scale way over to the left. Getting zoomed out is something that happens for me very, very quickly. 
So I have to actually be cognizant of how much video I'm watching because it can start to mess with my brain. Now, for some people, they may say, yeah, you're my people. Others may say, oh, but oh, you just don't want to show your fit. That's not the case. So my point I'm raising here, John, is do people look at some of these other seemingly non-related factors when they're looking for uh, you know, touch points or in the other terminology you use? So again, it all boils down to who you want to attract and what's your perception of the users who you're yes. trying to attract, right? And what you put out, broadcast out there in the world is should be the, the real version of you, right? And the more you're authentic, the more you're out there doing the same thing all the time, don't hide the true you. Right. And if, if they like you, great. And they'll do business with you. If they don't like you, that's okay as well. And you don't want to do business with people that don't really like you anyways. So right. you're going to gravitate towards people that find you interesting, that know how you pitch and know what's unique about and quirky about you. And then they're going to want to do business with knowing who you are. And that's what people, that's what ultimately what business owners all over the world want, right? They want uh -huh. to put their true self out there and resonate with people that actually admire and want to do business with them. And if you can attract more people that you want to work with, and this is what, what we talk about with every new client that comes on to our company, uh, our agency is who's that ideal avatar, like your, your 10 best clients, right? Yeah. We have a checklist and questionnaire of like, where do they shop? What's the, uh, you know, not just political view, but like, what are the interests? Who do they surround themselves with? You know, what, what do they do? Who do? What's their persona looking like, right? Yeah. And that creates a really good idea of whenever we write anything on that website and every other channel and asset piece, it has to be consistent to speaking to that avatar. If you do that on a regular basis and consistently over many, many months and years, people will see the true you, right? And yeah. that's, that's what you want. Like ultimately you don't want to be portraying something you're not in the world because people will see right through you the real you or not. And, yeah. you know, and the, this is what we always teach, right? Our business owners. I'm like, let me know who you are and let's go after more people that you ultimately want to work with. Everyone else, yeah, they can like you or not, but if you don't want to do business with them, that's, who, that's not what we're after anyways. We want to work with people that you actually want to do business with. That is so profound. I like to say two things. Number one, everybody's quirky and everybody's weird. And if you're not quirky or weird, that's what makes you quirky and weird. That's, that's a bit of a verby type of state, state, statement, but I use it all the time. The other is, is I enjoy saying no because every time I say no, I create somebody else's yes. Very true. Think about that. Uh, you've ever turned a client away? Well, I may, for whatever reason, maybe they just didn't vibe with you, or maybe they were given too many indicators. They might be a high maintenance client or just somebody who didn't fit with you, or maybe they showed during the process of intake that they just really weren't going to be serious about it, didn't have the money, whatever. You said no to them. Now, there's some other agency out there that would take a look at that same prospect and say, those are my people, or, well, they seem a little uh, scatterbrained here, but it also turns out that I am an unscatterbraining coach, so I can make them legend because you said no to them. You created success stories. Very true. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I encourage people to think of when they uh, feel that they always have to say yes to everything that comes along. I mean, I've had prospects come along, including one who was referred to me. Who, he was referred to me by a friend of mine, and the guy being referred to me was also a friend of mine. Uh, and he, uh, was a prospect for something I used to do, but don't do anymore. I just didn't want to work with him because of a few phrases he used during our conversation that told me that it was probably going to be more trouble than it was worth. I wished him well. Uh, he actually did end up working with a competitor of mine, 
And it worked out really, really well. And I was so happy for him that it worked out. It's always better to say no if your gut tells you that it's not going to work well. Yeah. Uh, and you'll sleep better at night. You have less stress. And you don't have to worry because ultimately they're not your client anymore, right? Like right. it's someone else's problem. And, you know, you just didn't gel. And it's okay. I'd rather say no to a lot of people. And I always do that gut check. Yeah. This so what I, I yeah, can go we'll have a drink with and want to get to know and have, you know, have a good conversation outside of work. That's what I'm after, right? Like someone that I can actually have a good, decent conversation with so that we're like friends, but, you know, in the business landscape. Yeah. This gives me another thing. And I'm going to, I'm, this is extemporaneous, so it may come out a little bit rough. When I look at the work that you do and how you use um, you use the assets, the the touch points, and the ter- and the other terminal. What's that other word you use that starts with an A? I think amplification. Amplification. Yeah. When you when you put all those things together, I see the work that you do is helping companies who market online and invest in search engine optimization, search engine marketing, create the yeses they need and the nose they need. That's correct. That just occurred to me. I, I, I'm going to have to subscribe to my own podcast so I can get the replay of this and uh, go back and check, catch that again. Yeah, yes is the nose of everything, right? Because yeah. in, the, in the business landscape, you want as many no's as possible to make sure that you validate all those yeses. Uh-huh. And yeah. the, your website and everything else that you amplify, you put out there in the world should be resonating with the people that you want, like the tribe that you're going after, right? Yeah. And keep it consistent. Keep the messaging the same because it's a lot easier to be honest than to try to figure out where you lied along yeah. the way. All right. So I want to, first of all, thank you for playing with us here today. I know that this is maybe different than some of the other podcasts out there. And uh, I don't know how many other interviews you do and whether they're just strictly focused on SEO and SEM strategies or advertising strategies or what have you. And we ended up getting into prospect segmentation. We ended up getting into service recovery and a number of other issues. That's just the nature of the Business Creators Radio Show. They're private mastermind sessions that our listeners are eavesdropping on, and they end up capturing aha moments, and the promise tends to be a bit more than what the official title of the episode says. Uh, We love leaving those Easter eggs in, and it just amazes people, according to the feedback we get. Also, I uh, I want to congratulate you and commend you for your own willingness to show a bit of vulnerability about yourself and show people who you really are. And that's part of what I respect about you is that I know, or at least have a good sense of what I'm getting when I interface with John Bong. So we're at the top of the hour here. What I want to do is I want to turn the floor over to you for one minute. Uh, For folks who are on the edge of their seat and feel that working with somebody like you would be an incredible way to increase their search engine optimization and gain huge benefits from search engine marketing. How do they get that process started? How do they contact you? What do they have to look forward to when they do? Yeah, check out my website. You can Google John Vong, Google local SEO search. But ultimately what I'm after is go out there seeking out people that resonate with you, build solid relationships and don't be sold, right? Do due diligence, find people that you can trust and want to work with. And that's so important in the business world that you find people that you can really, really connect with that are on the same path and journey so that you end up where you want to be in the future. And, you know, the support, the the gut check, the realism, the authenticity will come through, not just at the beginning, but when there's pain points, when there's challenges, And that's the whole premise of what we try to be as an agency. We're vulnerable. We're authentic. We are raw. And this is what you get. Okay. So for our viewers, unless or actually listeners, because it's audio, um, who are out jogging right now, to bing the Yahoo out of the Googles to find John, 
you're going to spell his name John Vong, and his last name is spelled V-U-O-N-G. And I'm also going to say his website again, and I've been to the website. It's great, very informative. You should check it out yourself. www.localseosearch.ca. It's a Canada domain. John Vong, thank you so much for being with us here today. It has been an honor, and believe me, an education. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.